Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. And we are going to break down NC State's 24 to 9 loss to Syracuse. State drops to five and two on the season. Um, we'll get into all the details, including the biggest news of the day. Um, which was broken before the game um, that Devin Leary is going to miss the rest of the season. So obviously a uh, very disheartening day for NC State football fans, but we'll talk about um, just our thoughts on the game itself and maybe some some food for thought, just some instant reactions to uh, what was a big day for how this 2022 season is going to unravel. For, uh, for for the Wolfpack. But before we get into all that good stuff and uh, Matt and I start talking ball, just some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel where you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. A reason to go check out the YouTube channel, you can watch you can watch us on YouTube and you can see Matt's spooky Halloween themed background, which really kind of, I mean, honestly, really kind of sets the mood for, you know, <laughs> NC State football, the NC State football community right now. He's wearing a red shirt. He's got the spooky lighting in the background and it looks like he's worked a really long day. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I think, I think, I think if you saw Matt Carter right now, I think he speaks for a lot of NC State fans, but uh <laughs> 
Anyways, follow us on social media at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will. Head over to thewolfpacker.com and take advantage of a special deal for just 10 bucks. You can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com and the On3 network for just $10. Gets you through the beginning of next football season. Um, I think we're I think we're gonna have a little maybe interesting side conversation about uh, you know some implications for next season based on what happened today. Uh, this premium subscription would take you through the end of next August. So a lot will unfold over those several months, almost a year. Might as well spend the 10 bucks now. Head over to thewolfpacker.com to take advantage of that deal. And last but not least, thank you to our sponsor, rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com for all of your CBD and Delta 8 needs. Uh, they've got gummies, tinctures, oils, cartridges, lotions, bath soaps, all kinds of good stuff at rogueshop.com. So head over there right now. Uh, husband and wife outfit, uh, the husband founder of the um, of rogueshop.com was is a disabled veteran, was turned on to these products to help with some of his symptoms, including pain, stress, anxiety, um, trouble sleeping. I'm sure a lot of those symptoms might sound familiar to NC State fans. <laughs> well, he was turned on to CBD products and they've really helped with all of those symptoms for better, better health and wellness using natural products. So head over to rogueshop.com and uh, check out some of those products. If you're, you know, if, if, if you're interested in these products, but you've never used these products before, or you're curious to learn more about them, head over there. They've got a great chat feature on rogueshop.com and uh, they can point you in the right direction for everything that you need from them. So Thank you to our sponsor. Go support them. They support us. So uh, rogueshop.com, head over there now. Okay, Matt, let's uh, let's talk about the day that unfolded. Do you want to start with the game itself, or do you want to start with the uh, bombshell elephant in the room that is Devin Leary now out for the season? We've had two podcasts now since he went out in the Florida State game, the post-game reflections podcast, and we had the uh, – Syracuse preview podcast where we talked about Leary's injury and how the x-rays were negative on the Saturday of the Florida State game which was early reason for optimism and that this was something that you know we expected maybe a month maybe a month and a half you know return to the season didn't sound like a season ending injury um Dave Dorn on Monday um kind of expressed what seemed to be some optimism and the fact that you know he Larry could be back as soon as a week. He could be back in five weeks. It's just kind of a, we're just taking it day by day. Well, as the events unturned, um, unraveled rather, uh, he finds out the news that it's a torn pectoral muscle um, that's going to require season ending surgery. So that was kept under wraps through today, Saturday, I guess, to help kind of a little bit of gamesmanship with Syracuse, keep them guessing as to what they were going to throw at the orange on offense. But uh, Matt, just um, how, how did, uh, how did the news break? How did the day unfold for you with, with the Leary news and just kind of your instant reaction to, uh, to that news? Was it a surprise to you? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't lie and say it wasn't a surprise. I actually got a text. Oh, I don't know when exactly the time was on it. Um, but I got a text. I said, hey, uh, 
Uh, getting a heads up, that Devin Lee was out for the season, torn pectoral muscle. Uh, it was uh, certainly someone I trusted, so I immediately tried to put it on Twitter, only to, I think it was really simultaneously almost, um, or within seconds of each other, the uh, NC State football was putting the announcement on Twitter as well. Um, so that's kind of how we all found out, you know, and, and uh, yeah, but frankly, probably should have done a little bit more digging during the week. I just, I just left with the impression Monday that it was kind of a, you know, the hope would be that he could rehab it and, and then get the range of motion back and and the pain tolerance back. And um, now what we've since learned is that actually, that was actually the expectation going into Monday. And then, you know, not long after Dave Dorn talked to the media Monday is when he found out that, uh, you know, I've kind of, you would call it, upon further review, if for the loyal listeners of the podcast, right. um, that, you know, they looked a little bit more at it and looked at it closer and determined the best option was to have a surgery, um, which will be done next week. And that is where the gamesmanship really uh, started to amp up, I guess you could say. And they didn't want to let Syracuse know what's going to happen. But, you know, you get clarity. I mean, there's, there's no reason to have for the rest of this year the whole – definitely coming back this week. You know, and, and you you know, Jack Chambers knows that he, he's going to get the first opportunity to, to run the show. I thought he did some good things in second half. Um. Bye week comes at a real good time. Uh, you know, and if Jack Chambers can't get it done, you get a chance to get MJ Morris in there. And then and now you get an opportunity, I think, over the next few weeks to, to see what uh, Devin Lee wants to do with his future. And you'll have a better idea what the quarterback position is going to look like next year as well. So, um, right. You know, those are some very minor consolations, though, to the overarching problem of, a, you know, this is a devastating blow, especially to the passing game. And and yeah. you saw why you missed him today against Syracuse. Even though I thought Jack Chambers did some nice things second half, you saw why uh, Devin Leary clearly was NC State's best option at quarterback. And uh, he's going to be missed. You hate it for him, too, you know, second time in three years. He's been lost, and you know you just hope he doesn't get tagged with the uh, injury prone. I mean, they're really kind of two fluky contact play incidents. One slid awkwardly, broke a leg while being hit. The other is kind of an awkward moment of where he got hit while throwing the football. It's contact yeah. sport. Yep, yeah. and uh, it's not a guy who had you know. Those are just two. It's not like he's had multiple knee injuries or multiple ankle injuries, or you know, they're just kind of two kind of freakish injuries. So hopefully he doesn't get tagged with that, and hopefully it comes to full recovery. As a Panthers fan, Justin, you know, it was a hard hit that Cam Newton took on his shoulder that pretty much took away any arm strength he had at the end of the first end of his Panthers tenure. And then oh, again, with the page. his shoulder, it was his pec. Yeah, so that's a big thing. This is not a shoulder shoulder injury. It's not a throwing arm injury. It's it's a partially torn pec. You know, 
I think the wise thing for Devin to do is come back. I don't think he put enough on film this year to put him in position to be drafted very high in what should be a very good quarterback's year for the NFL draft. Um, I think it'd be in his best interest to come back, but obviously he's older. This is his fifth year in college. So, you know, all those things come into play too. Um, you know, hopefully with NIL too, he has an opportunity to make, make some money. So maybe that'll entice him to come back too a little bit more. Um, but well, this is where this is where NC State can show off its NIL strength and yeah. how things are and how things are going to be. Yeah. So, but you know, that's kind of my take. And then you know, I don't think it affected the game. I mean, obviously it had an effect on, but I don't know if it affected team morale that much. I, I thought. You know, I just think you got to give Syracuse a lot of credit today. That crowd was into the game. They influenced the game. And they rattled into State on a couple of occasions. Their team was fired up, ready to go. They fed off the enthusiasm. And I think that played into things a lot more than, than Devin Leary being hurt today. Well, I I agree with you. I mean, I think the, the Leary news certainly sucked the air out of the – I don't know the excitement of the game going into it for me, for me at least, or, or not all the excitement because I definitely was into it, you know, in crunch time in this game. Uh, third quarter was pretty solid. I thought State had a fighting chance basically all the way until that final offensive drive where they weren't able to get a touchdown, and you just thought, okay, they've knocked on the door so many times. If they can't score a touchdown here, they're never going to be able to score a touchdown, and ultimately Syracuse was able to delivered the nail in the coffin but the leary news certainly sucked the wind out of the air just because i think uh you had a great post game column matt about how just the expectations change now for the season and how uh dave doran said it best in a pre-game uh or pre-season interview that he had with with the wolfpacker for the football preview magazine that you know what happens in week six if we're dealing with the third string quarterback it obviously changes the goals and the potential aspirant, you know, the, the realistic accomplishments that this team can, can take on considering the context uh, in this year. So it's disappointing because it's, it's a year that you thought, you know, maybe you get an ACC championship. um, Maybe you go to a new year's six bowl. Maybe you get to 10 wins and 10 wins is technically still in play. They're going to have to, you know, basically, go the entire the rest of the way with only one loss to spare so it's going to be tough but um but it, it changes the expectation so it you know it took the juice out of a top 20 matchup where you thought you know if leary was potentially going to be able to come back next month you thought okay if maybe nc state can can find a way to win this game on the road against a good syracuse team bye week coming up a, a weak Virginia Tech team coming to Carter Finley on a Thursday night. You get to that Wake Forest game, and you're thinking, okay, well, if NC State can get to seven and one by that point, and Leary comes back, then you know, still have all the makings of a special season. And not to say it still can't have you know its own special flair to it, but ultimately, with with the context, it, it's going to be disappointing compared to what the preseason expectations were. Yeah, the crazy thing is, Dave said that he, he literally said, "We're not." I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he literally said, you know, if, if if everybody stays healthy, it's realistic to talk championship. But if I'm dealing with my third string quarterback in game six, it may not be. 
Well, the third string quarterback is MJ Morris, and this was game seven I, I, uh, of the season, but still, you know, close enough. Sense. Close enough. Um, you know, it was, uh, it's still, you know, they were dealing with the third string quarterback in this game, you know? Yeah. It's crazy to think that, and that, that just kind of drove home the reality of, of the situation. Well, and I mean, you dealt with the second string quarterback last week in week six, and I'm not, you know, we can go ahead and talk about Jack Morris's play because I was impressed by, you know, definitely his effort. I mean, the guy's definitely just pouring it out in terms of his abilities out there. Um, And, you know, I thought he was somewhat limited by very conservative play calling. You got to tip your cap to Syracuse, who has a very good defense. Uh, Chambers is obviously going to be more limited, especially with, his arm than Leary was, but what he doesn't have with his arm, he is able to pick up with, you know, some speed and was able to make some big clutch runs, a couple of which for first downs at crucial moments, but, um, you know, ultimately could not manage to get the offense in the end zone. Um, you know, you're just, you're just playing with lowered expectations, but I think Jack Chambers is still a solid backup quarterback that, you know, can lead this offense to be good enough that combined with a very strong defense, which hopefully remains healthy, took some hits this week, uh, and a strong special teams and just good coaching all around that, you know, this team could still rally around and and get to like an eight win type season, which would still be very impressive considering the context or, you know, nine wins, including a bowl, maybe even 10, including a bowl. So, um, I don't know. did you see Jack Chambers' play the same way? I thought, you know, the, the, pro- the problem is, too, there's, the, the wide receiver core is not strong. So. Yeah, and they were sort of handed this game, too, Devin Carter. The thing I have to say about this game is this was about as short-handed, even compared to last year, the team got at the end of a game. Because you were also were without Demi Sumacombe. You were without Devin Carter. Left guard Chandler Javala left in the first half. Uh, you know, your backup, some of the backup players like receiver Anthony Smith and tight end Cam Walker were unavailable. Still were without Trent Penix, who they were hoping to maybe get back this week. Definitely back next week. He's been cleared for next week. So, and then defensively, you lost Savion Jackson. You lost your two-nose tackle, Corey Durden and Joshua Harris. You lost the hero from last week, Devin Boykin. I mean, all these guys were gone by the end of the game. That's, it's, it's. Really insane. It just shows you how physical the game is. Because Syracuse lost some guys too now. I mean, if we're not, they're both team trainers were really busy uh, in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I especially agree with you on one thing. You know, the, the NC State was also kind of unfortunate in this game and probably a little bit some of their own worst enemies. And that wasn't just player related. I thought I agree with you. Yeah, you kind of had to pick up the pace there in the fourth quarter, I felt like. And NC State was very methodical with its possessions. They slowed the game down dramatically. They were essentially trying to repeat what they did in the second half against Florida State. Um, and, you know, that was probably a little bit, um, you know, it cuts the margin for error pretty dramatically. And there comes a point where you had to start trusting Jack Chambers. You know, I thought he made some throws in the second half. He certainly made some plays with his feet. 
And they moved the ball every possession in the second half, except when they got to the red zone, and then things got bad. But uh, I, I did think they were a bit a little bit, I don't know, conservative on play calling, but certainly methodical on play calling. And it cost them because they had to use two timeouts uh, in the second half. And those are things you can't give away in what's almost a one-possession game. You cannot give away those timeouts. That's my biggest pet peeve about coaching decisions is when coaches use timeouts in the second half. And both of them were trying to get a play in with the play clock running down. So I think the coaches are going to look back at this game and kind of wish that they maybe had changed their approach a little bit. Yeah. Give Syracuse credit. Their bye week clearly paid off. I'm sure they made some changes that NC State was, hadn't seen on film. That's the beauty of a bye week. NC State will get that opportunity against Virginia Tech coming up. Um, and then you can't have mistakes like not being on the same page on a snap, on a shotgun, when you have second and two at the 12-yard line, and it gets a 12-yard loss. Um, I think they had two or three false strike penalties in the red zone. Part of that's due to the crowd, but yeah. exactly. And then somewhat on look, the referees had nothing to do with the outcome of this game. But that last pass gets Schrader through that really clinched the game. Yeah, on third and nine should not have been allowed. I mean, the 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 tight end was clearly went into run blocking mode, further than five yards down the field. Uh, at the penalty that should have brought that play back. Um. So, it would have given it would have given NC State a fighting chance to you know get another yeah. offensive possession, see what it could do with one timeout. Yeah. But I will say, based on the entirety of the game, based on the fact that NC State won the time of possession battle, if they couldn't get in the end zone in 34 minutes, I mean, Syracuse was clearly it would it would have been nice to see them get another shot. Yeah. But on the flip side, it was kind of you had the feeling that on the offensive possession. Or, or excuse me, the one kick that field goal had to settle for a field goal is kind of like that. That seemed like a must get in the end zone type yeah. situation. Because that made it seventeen. I went from seventeen six to seventeen nine, and you really not only did you at that point you realize NC State playing for overtime at that point, and yeah. that Syracuse had all the advantage because even if they didn't score, the best entry they could do with the time left and the pace with which they were going was get down and score, get a two-point conversion tie, and then hope Syracuse with a great kicker in a dome doesn't get the last score and go to overtime. So, and that was really a tall. And I'm not – I mean, that's, that same <laughs> possession, I'm not sure that, you know, if it wasn't fourth and 19, Chambers got sacked on third and long. After a false start penalty, mm. which was the same possession where NC State burned one of those timeouts with 10 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Looked like Chambers was going to get it off on first 10. It was going to be close, but they didn't like the look. Still weren't able to punch it in. After that timeout, you know, they did get one first down and then ended up stalling out, you know, deep into I, the I believe zone. if that were to possess them, what Thea Thomas may have had to drop. Yeah, back, so. Back of the end zone. Uh, I mean, I get, yeah, you you also watched it on TV, but uh, to me, it didn't seem like a drop. To me, it was a good throw by Chambers. Um, you know, I think if Thayer had to run the route again, maybe he would have been a little bit further away from the back end zone just because I, I was more worried about, I don't think he was in feet wise. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, what happened. I think the reason why he kind of lost concentration was he, you know, once the ball got to his hand, he shifted to making sure I got my get my foot down. Yeah. And um, he didn't. Even if he had secured it. Yeah, it would have been tough. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would go back to one of those self-inflicted. Well, it's also stuff. where you miss Devin Leary. That that chemistry between Leary and Thayer Thomas. I mean, how many balls has Leary thrown to Thayer versus how many balls has Chambers thrown to Thayer? Yeah, obviously, and they're coming in at different speeds. I can I can confirm that Devin Leary has one of a kind <laughs> type velocity. Yeah, um, you and your boys both can confirm that. Um, that's right. But I'll also say this too. I want to make clear. I think Syracuse. You know, you and I talked. This was kind of a reality check game, probably a reality check of what NC State's going to be. For the rest of the year, which, look, they still have Virginia Tech. They still have Boston College, both at home. Both of those offenses are ranked below 100 in the country. Um, and neither are known for great. They're not bad defenses. Virginia Tech, in particular, has a pretty solid defense, but they're not known. It's interesting. NC State played three ACC games. If you were to take the top four statistical defenses in the ACC, you know who they are? Syracuse. Yeah. NC State, Florida State, Clemson. Okay, the NC State offense has faced the three top statistical defenses in the ACC so far. Now, maybe NC State's offense has kind of helped their statistical rankings out. Who knows? But um, you know, they're, well, they're, now they got now they got a few of the best offenses coming up on the schedule. They do, but they also have some of the defenses that are not quite as maybe you know. And you get them in a home environment. So maybe you can get some, uh, a little bit more rhythm going with, with, with Jack Chambers. But look. Uh, Got to see some more shots against the weaker defenses, though. Yeah. And, and a little bit more uh, urgency in, in the play calling and, and, and that thing. But I will say this Syracuse impressed me. And we said we we're going to learn a lot about Syracuse. I don't think they're a great team. I think they kind of benefited from NC State being extremely short handed and then the situation they were in. But the reality is part of the reason why NC State would end the game was because Garrett Schrader made two really big mistakes in the first half, throwing interceptions, one in the end zone, right after he got away with nearly throwing one in the end zone, and another one um, taking a shot late in the first half down the field. Uh, that was Aiden White intercepted. So, and he nearly got away uh, Got away with another. Derek Pitts, late in the game. Dropped uh, one. Yeah. Had one that would have been a pretty important play if he had hold on, held on to it. Um, how, many, how many dropped interceptions do you think NC State has this year? A handful. Yeah, I got a handful, that's for sure. Quite a few. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Syracuse makes the best with what they have. I think they got three great, they got two great skill players and a quarterback who works well and complements those two skill players. I don't, Garrett Schrader, I don't think, has a cannon arm he's not going to throw 40 yard bombs over your head um no aranda gats gats in it perfect for what for what um schrader can do he's perfect because he can catch all the passes schrader can throw and he's six foot five and runs well enough to be a receiver and he was just an extremely difficult matchup because they moved him around a lot and apparently very creative with how they get him so you're not necessarily can just put one DB on them, you know, because that would change the defense too much. So, uh, and they got well, we were, 
Great we were game. talking before the podcast. I mean, it, it, Syracuse has two offensive weapons that are kind of the kryptonite of NC State's defense right now. As good as it is, where NC State has struggled is against a mobile quarterback and against big pass-catching options. Just remember the Clemson game with that big old tight end that you know yeah. I thought was pretty pretty explosive against NC State. And, and, it, got, you know, and Johnny Wilson for Florida State, if he held on to a few of those passes, he would have had a big game. Yeah, he's six seven, so no question. I think that would, uh, and, and that is something. And then you look at what's left. I mean, are there more mobile quarterbacks? Drake May can run a little bit, but obviously Malik Cunningham is the guy you're looking at at Louisville. And the but, and the Wake Forest offense. Yeah, he doesn't really scramble that much, but yes, he is a uh, got the mesh. Yeah, got the mess. So I think right now, yeah, okay. I'm in the house by myself, and it's Halloween, and I got the, uh, you know, the purple lights shining. And we got a new vacuum cleaner the other day, and that vacuum cleaner box just started shaking. Oh. Turns out that one of the cats had somehow jumped into the box. I'm not sure how he got in and how he got out, because that's a really tall box, because it, it was a already assembled vacuum cleaner. But Is there a metaphor here? No, it's just something that was kind of interesting on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought okay. you, somebody might have been coming into your uh, to your podcast in there, but... No, no. Okay. So, I, well, just, uh, I think it was Rigby. We have a cat named Rigby. Well... Uh, is what kind of what, what? I don't know. I'm just I'm just tired after today. The, I just it was a long day. Cause you, you had the news yeah. with the injuries and it was deflating, and then it was just kind of a deflating game. But you know, the glass half full of me is like, look, you faced the best defenses. It was a hard assignment for Jack Chambers to play first game. Syracuse had the advantage of a bye week. It wasn't just the quarterback that was injured. In hindsight, probably overly conservative approach for the game. Still had a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. And, you know, if you cut a few breaks from the, uh, from the official, from the way the ball bounces, could have, things could have been a bit different. So I would call to NC State fans, look, ACC title, off the books. All right? We can off all- the books. I can confirm that. Uh, so you got to live with that. But Virginia Tech is still bad. Boston College is still bad. Louisville's not great. Uh, North Carolina can't stop anybody. Duke, as we recorded in this podcast, Duke has 21 points at halftime, up 21 17 on North Carolina. Wake Forest will be extremely tall order. But, you know, they don't have a whole lot of luck in Raleigh. It's true. Uh, very home dominated series. Everybody is. So, you know, I got to. I will all... say, isn't it better, though, that that NC State went to Clemson full strength? Like, it would have been worse if NC State had beaten Clemson, hindsight, and then this all happens. Yeah. And then it's like, that's how you end up losing your opportunity. Whereas it, it already seemed as though that Clemson was probably going to advance on its own. Yeah. Leary or no Leary, but 
And I'm just watching Clemson as we speak. They're up 24-14 and nearly took the opening kick of the second half. Will Shipley nearly took it to the house. So um, they're clearly starting to find their mojo. I guess I Dude, asked you, Justin. a decent game. Yeah, probably not. But I'll ask you this, <laughs> Justin. Because uh, I put my column, time to recalibrate expectations, obviously. Yeah. What would be for you a considering where things are for NC State and knowing what the schedule is? Yeah. What's the win total that you would call a good year? Well, they're five and two. They got five games left. Luckily, two of them are on the road. Um, as I talked about earlier in the preview podcast this week, you know, I saw four games on NC State's schedule remaining that. I thought NC were, were considered losable, um, Syracuse being one of them. Obviously, we know the outcome. So there's three remaining, uh, the first of which would be Wake Forest at home, and then the last two would be the final two games of the season, both on the road, Louisville and UNC. I just think all three of those teams possess offenses that are capable enough to put enough points on the board to make NC State very uncomfortable based on everything I've seen from this team this season. Uh, NC State would be really, like, I feel like they would definitely win the Big Ten West. They belong in the Big Ten West this year. <laughs> Just strong defense, not great offense. Um, although I will say, I think with with Demi Sumo coming back, with Devin Carter coming back, um, Trent with Penix. Trent Penix coming back, I think that, those types of weapons as well, not necessarily Carter because he's more of an explosive down the field pass catching threat, but Trent Penix having a you know reliable tight end and Demi Sumo back that I think has been really impressive with his abilities in open field situations. And you know, you give him some screen passes, you give him some short, easy throws to Sumo, um, you know, he can make some explosive plays happen. So that, that's going to give NC State a little bit of a boost. I am a little bit concerned about the offensive line. At this point, although having a mobile quarterback in Jack Chambers helps with that a little bit, he was under pressure there at the end of that game. Also got to tip your cap to Syracuse. Uh, I'm, I'm filibustering here, but <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I, I would say the floor at this point is unchanged, and the floor is 7-5 and five regular season. Um, that... Be, that being that NC State would lose to Wake Forest, Louisville, and UNC. I think they win at least at least one of those, if not two of those games. So give me best case scenario, nine and three regular season. So you would say, um, so in your book, eight and four is a good year, considering where things are. With yeah, four I think seven I, five, you would kind of exceed the floor if you get an eighth win. I think eight and four is the expectation. The rest of the way, I think I think seven and five would be, um, yeah. It, it depends. Are we going to see more injuries? Like if if yeah, I mean, you got kind of assume that everything stabilizes. I mean, if they stay, yeah. If if they stabilize, if you get some pieces back, if you avoid big, you know, big remaining pieces, uh, you know, losing them, then then I would say eight and four would be the expectation. Seven and five would be slightly disappointing i think that's the floor i mean i really don't i don't i i would think i would be very shocked to see this nc state team lose to virginia tech or um boston college at home um state's really good at home and i and I, that's why i think that they 
have a chance to steal one from Wake, from Wake Forest. UNC, NC State, always a heated game. Always, you know, anybody can win that game. Going to be tough, I think, against that offense. But in Louisville, I think NC State will still probably be favored. Um, by that, it's still possible, I guess. Uh, NC State's not going to be, probably not going to be favored. Definitely not going to be favored against Wake. Definitely not going to be favored against UNC at this point. Um, probably, you know, it's it's going to be close to a pick'em, I think, with Louisville. So, yeah, and then you know, and then make make the best of your situation with the bowl. Um, it would be cool to see NC State go back to the Holiday Bowl. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. play. Yeah, because it was a cool bowl. Um, yeah. It was a cool opportunity. You just never. Got I think eight and four would be a good year at this point. And I think that means handling business and then taking one of those toss up slash underdog games. Mm-hmm. You would have done good this year. You right? Because I kind of agree with you. I think Florida kind of seven and five. I think they're still favored against Boston College and Virginia Tech. Uh, I think UNC on the road in particular is a very tough matchup because they got a mobile quarterback. And they got. And they're the, gonna be looking for revenge. And they got the best, maybe the best all around offense. I think Wake Forest is the best receiver set and best skilled players, but it's also a byproduct of what they do offensively. I think Carolina may be the best lineup and beat you offense, you know. And so you only hope that they're, they're terrible on defense and you got to try to outscore them on defense. But um, um, so I think that's a real difficult matchup. I, I but. I think seven five kind of the floor, and if you can get one more, get to eight and four, which will put you at an even five hundred in the ACC. I have to put a good year, considering what has happened uh, with the injury situation and with the quarterback situation, and um, you know. And then, like you said, takes a shot in a bowl game. Probably at that point, I mean, realistically, you're talking about probably going somewhere like I don't know, Charlotte, perhaps, or maybe going to. Uh, Boston, Fenway, who knows? So, it'd be it'd be uh, it'd be ideal to end the season ranked, but does NC State hard. fall? Like, hard. Yeah, if you get NC back, State falls out of the rankings this week. You think possible? Because I think there's a double whammy of the Devin Leary news plus. Yeah, losing by two touchdowns. On they'll the still team. get some votes. They'll still get some votes. I mean, but they they'll they'll fall for sure. I mean, I, I think they will. All right, who gets your game ball, Justin? Uh, whew. um, haven't really thought about that. I'm gonna um, give it to Christopher Dunn, three for three again today. So, he yeah. has been money. Yeah, and he got an and one. Yeah, he did. Right? That was a running into running into the kicker that he survived. Which uh, isn't in the NFL, isn't that an automatic first down? No, I think it's still five yard running. Okay. And there. And, uh, you know, that was close because I you know. Or it's roughing the kicker. Roughing the kicker is what you wanted, and I thought that was close to being roughing the kicker. There were a couple of incidents. There was all one incident where um, Syracuse scored a touchdown. It looked like they, they had two guys moving at the line in motion. And for whatever reason, the official took the flag out of his back pocket. Great job by the ACC Network crew mm. to pick that up. Um they told the official putting the flag out of his pocket and then then holding on to it for whatever reason. Um, 
you know, that, that would kind of tough break too, because that, that takes a touchdown off the board. You don't know what happens after that, but that would have taken a touchdown off the board. So, a couple of tough breaks there, but uh, I, I give it to Chris Dunn, because uh, as long as he keeps making field goals, he gets a game ball. Two weeks in a row for Chris Dunn. Okay. Uh, I'll give mine to... Uh... I'll give mine to Aronde Gadsden. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I mean, he is probably the wor- most worthy of the game ball here. But uh, I'll, I'll go to. The, I'll turn to the defense. How about Tanner Angle getting? Uh, was that his first pick of the season? Can't remember one prior. I think he had one prior, but I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know. First or second of the year. Um, normally, you know, run stopper, good blitz, safety can be vulnerable in coverage, but um, nice pick today. Uh, second on the team with seven tackles. Uh, always a go-getter. No uh, no 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalties, so that's always, that's yeah, always I good. Have, I, thought angle. I, I think Aiden White, by the way, continued to his end. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And Aiden, I mean, Aiden White's equally worthy. I'll just yeah. – I think he can reach a point out. where he might be considered one of the better, quietly one of the better corners in the ACC oh. now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a sophomore, right? Yeah. One of, well, one of those third-year sophomores. So, so he's he, been at NC State three years, but technically listed as a sophomore. Think he's got stock? Nah, not nah, really, nah. But I think, you know. It's interesting. We'll get into all this much later, but I actually think some people who predicted a dramatic fall off for NC State after this year will be proven to be a little bit premature if they were to take a real deep look at what's coming back. And going to be very interesting if Devin Leary comes back. Yep. Run so. it, run it back. Two point <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap up this podcast. I'm sure it's going to be an interesting conversation midweek. Uh, well, no, we bye week, right? So I guess yep. we'll have a, we'll have a bye week conversation at some point. Um, maybe we'll do that Wednesday. To be determined. We'll, you'll have a you'll have a podcast soon. Um, but that's going to do it for this one. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us: Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Plus, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can always watch us there, where you can see Matt's spooky Halloween lighting. Set the set set the vibes for this podcast episode uh give us a like and uh and a comment while you're at it when you're on youtube you can follow us on social media at the wolfpacker on twitter is our main account at justin h will if you want to follow me personally give us a like on facebook nc state wolfpack on the wolfpacker.com and head over to the wolfpacker.com take advantage of the special deal going on right now for just 10 bucks you can get premium subscription to the wolfpacker.com and the on three network entire on three network for just 10 bucks takes you through the beginning of next football season. So end of next August, um, great deal unlocks access to the message boards. You get premium, uh, recruiting information, premium NC state athletics news, Intel, um, before it hits the mainstream. So if you want to be a plugged in NC state fan, you need to be a member of the wolfpacker.com and you can be one for just 10 bucks going to take you through the better part of the next year here uh and last but not least thank you very much to our sponsors rogueshop.com that's r-o-g-u-e shop.com head over to rogueshop.com now for all of your cbd 
and Delta 8 legal cannabis needs. Uh, you can get uh, gummies, tinctures, edibles, lotions, um, all kinds of great products that are going to be able to help you with that stress and anxiety. Uh, if you have trouble sleeping, inflammation, chronic pain, great natural remedies to help with some of those things. Like I said earlier in the podcast, NC State fans, I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to find an NC State fan that doesn't have at least one of those things. I know for sure that I could probably check off many of those boxes. So head over to rogueshop.com, use some of their products. If, if you don't know what you're looking for, you need some help or uh, you need some, you want to learn a little bit more about what they have to offer, use their chat feature. They have, they're a great small business. Uh, so you're going to be speaking to an actual person when you're chatting with them on rogueshop.com. Head over there now. They support us. You support us, and you can support us by supporting them. So head over to rogueshop.com and uh, take care of them. Buy some great products. Okay, that's going to do it. Uh, for Matt Carter, I'm Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.